1: So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply.
0: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half.
1: Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about how to be happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week we'll talk about why you might want to keep a personal timeline and also discuss additional information you might want to add to your Facts of Life book. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, the four tendencies, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me by technology uh, is my sister Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, February 25th, 2015 is on my personal timeline, because that was the day we aired our very first episode of this podcast, Happier.
0: Yes, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And, Gretch, I have to point out the first episode of Happier in Hollywood, the podcast (laughs) I co-host with my writing partner, Sarah, was May 18th, 2017. So that's on my
1: timeline as well. Yes. More to come about the personal timelines. But, Alyssa, before we jump in, I wanted to give you an update on my 18 for 2018 list. Mm. Yay. My number 15, and I have to say this was one of the ones that I suspected I might not do because it seemed pretty ambitious, was to create a workshop workshop. Uh, for people who want to teach a workshop on my Four Tendencies course. Ta-da! This is unveiled. If you go to com, you can learn tons of information about it. You can learn about how to what it costs. And this is a workshop if you want To lead an in-person workshop with a bunch of adults to talk about the four tendencies framework you know whether you're doing it at work or at a school or with patients or family members whatever it is um, this workshop takes you through you can do a one-hour version a two-hour version a three-hour version it gives you scenarios it gives you uh, all kinds of exercises Um, you don't have to know a ton about the four tendencies the workshop takes you through it and it really took a lot of work to do, so I am thrilled to yeah. have that out in the world and to cross that number fifteen off my list. Um, so again, you can go to workshop.gretchenrubin.com and you can learn all about this workshop.
0: Wow, Gretchen, I have to say I was proud of myself for crossing off find the perfect black purse. <laughs> You've created an entire workshop, so um, I'll just give you a gold star right now at the beginning of the well, show. Well, you know for I, am, this. I
1: am a gold star junkie, so I will take that gold star. Thank you very <laughs> much, and I hope people really enjoy the workshop because I think it turned out really well. And um, I'm excited about having it out in the world. Um, Now this week, our Try This At Home tip is to create a personal timeline. And this is interesting because we got a comment from a listener who had interpreted our Facts of Life book in a different way. What we're calling a personal timeline is what she called a Facts of Life book. So let's hear this voicemail from Jennifer talking about what she's created. Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. When I first heard your hack about keeping a Facts of Life book, I thought it was going to be something different. My husband keeps a Facts of Life book, or actually it's just a document on his computer that has all the relevant milestones in his life. When he was born, when and where he went to college, when he got married, each job he had, and the dates he started those. And it's just a nice way to keep all the interesting facts of his life in one place So that one day he can pass on to our kids and they'll be able to have all that information at their fingertips in one place. So that's another idea for a different spin on the facts of life. So, Elizabeth, I do this, actually, and I kind of forced Eliza and Eleanor to do it, too. Mm. We've done them for several years, and we just updated them at the end of the summer. We call it personal timeline. Um, it's actually a super useful thing to do, and I would encourage people to do them for themselves and also to have your children do them because it's, it, as time goes by, it's very hard to remember— What did I do between sophomore and junior year of high school? Or what job did I have after my freshman year of college? When did we take that trip to Germany? All these things you feel like, how could you forget? But you do forget. And it's really, really convenient and fun to be able to look back and see, like, okay, what are the milestones on my personal timeline?
0: Yeah. What I also um, think could be very valuable is putting your address, you know, where you lived. Because I know so often people have been like, what are your last five addresses? I'm like, I have no clue what my last five addresses are. Yeah. So that's another thing. Or for a resume, if you're trying to say, well, you know, Especially when you're younger and you're doing a resume, like, well, what did I do in, you know, after my junior year in college that I can put on my resume? It's very helpful.
1: This was really, really, exactly that was very important for Eliza because she, like, she was applying for sort of this special fellowship. And and you just want to look back, like, what all have I done? Like, how can I make the best possible case for myself? And she was like, what did I do last summer or what did I do the summer before? And I was like, it took us Mm -hmm. a really long time to remember what she'd done. We had to kind of like look for clues and stuff. And so it is really, really useful. And then it is also, again, because I'm so preoccupied with remembering my own history, just getting one sentence like oh we went to normandy france it all comes back to you Mm, yeah i bought the personal timeline notebooks we each picked out a notebook i'll post a link to a picture of them but when we were filling it out i ended up emailing mom a ton of questions like when did this happen when did that happen because she remembers my timeline better than i do um Uh. so it's good to do it and then like get as much information together as you can and then as you go on forward it's much easier because you because like when eliza and eleanor i sat down it was really just for this year so it was like what do we do at christmas you know that Kind of thing
0: and especially if you're not someone who wants to keep a journal or yeah. a diary it's like the non-journal journal it's just you know just the facts ma'am yeah yeah but it's still great to have it i should i really should get this going um with jack now because we could probably still remember everything at this point
1: right right But then it's also good to put on things that are important on your personal timeline, even if they sort of wouldn't go on your official resume. Like, when did we get Barnaby? I mean, because now it Mm. seems like we would never forget. But five years from now, it could be like, well, what year? How exactly old is he? Like, what year did we get him? Or like a question people often ask me is like, when did I go low carb? How many years? Mm. Because people are like, oh, yeah, you quit sugar a month ago. I'm like, no way. I quit five years ago. But Now, I don't remember. What year did I go low carb? It was 2012. I know because I put it on Mm. my personal timeline. Also, like not only the day that someone's born, but the year that they're born. Mm. Because again, a lot of times things seem really, really memorable and like unforgettable at the time, but life goes on. I mean, this is one of my, you know, I just constantly trying to remember my own life better. And this is something where you say exactly, it doesn't take that much time to fill it out. And then it can become this really, really useful resource if you're trying to do a resume, if you're trying to fill out like, an employment form, if you're applying for a government job where you have to list all your addresses and your employers, like, it's really just handy to have this in timeline form.
0: And it would be so fun, like if we had this for mom and dad to look back and go, oh, mom was an usher in the movie theater and, uh, you know, when she was a senior in high school and that kind of thing. It would just be
1: fun to be able to look at your parents' timeline and see the different things they've done in their lives. And with children even seeing their handwriting change. It's oh, fun to yeah. see, even in the time that we've done it, Eleanor's handwriting. Like, you could see that it went from being, like, a really little kid's handwriting yeah. to me. So, it's just fun. It is. It's a wonderful keepsake, as well as just, like, a super handy reference. So, let us know if you do try this at home and how keeping a personal timeline works for you. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at com. Or, as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode. This is happiercast.com slash 188. This is episode 188 for everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, we've got a filing happiness hack. But first this break.
1: Post your job
0: for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for a happiness hack. And this week it's um, your system of filing, your 12 months of filing. Explain.
1: Yeah, Elizabeth, I'm realizing this is a very kind of administrative episode. It's a lot about <laughs> like record keeping. Um, so very appropriate. I have this system of files that I love. I will post a picture of it in the show notes for 188. Um, so what I do is I have a file for each month of the year. So I have 12 months of files. And for fun, I had Eleanor label them when she was like really young. So I have her sweet handwriting. I got really mm-hmm. kind of attractive files. I didn't just get the plain ones that I've used over and over and over, which I use for most of my filing. But I actually bought nice files that were in really good shape and decorated nicely. And there's one for every month. And they're right in the filing cabinet next to my desk. And if I have a printout, if I have a ticket to an event, if I have a sheet of like, okay, these are the 10 things you have to remember to do this interview or anything where it's just Mm. kind of administrative stuff and then I have a special file that's like the school calendar where it's not for Mm. any particular month but it's like generalist uh, calendaring or like if I have flight information, or there's a great article somebody sent me about the wizarding world, but I'm not going to the wizarding world for five months, so I put it in that month. Mm. This is just very simple, and it takes no time. I used to just have one file for everything, and then I would spend a huge amount of time just like looking for what I needed, doing it month to month. Or like when Eliza was going to take her driver's license test... she had this form that she needed. Well, I put it in the month of August because I knew that's when she would be taking the test. Mm -hmm. And I knew that's how I thought about it. Like, where would it be? Well, I would put it in that file because it's a document and there's a way to attach it to a particular month. So I think this is really, um, it makes it very easy to put your hands on things that you need. And it also makes it easy to put things away in a way that they're easily retrievable. Because sometimes if you don't have a place to put something, you just leave it out on the counter because you're like, oh, I don't want to forget about this form. Yes, Even that's though, what I do. Yeah. And then it's like, it's there for five weeks. And by the time you need it, it's long gone because somebody like put newspapers on top of it and then threw the whole pile away. And so the whole thing's gone or you spill coffee on it or it just looks messy. So I really, really love this system. I'm so, And I like came up with it myself. I'm sure this is like what everybody tells you to do, but I feel like I invented it and I'm so proud of it.
0: Well, Gretch, I don't know if you have have a link to those files but I bet everyone's gonna want to know what exact files you use that okay. are like attractive files yes
1: I think they're easy to find but I will put a link to the ones that I specifically got if anybody wants to know but I'm so excited I hope people try this because I feel like it's one of these things where every day I'm like "Ooh, I have just the place to put this and I know just exactly where to find this it's very satisfying
0: yes because also I mean the alternative to this which is what I do is like frantically search for an email that's like you yes. know seven months old yeah. yeah and that can lead to some very anxiety producing moments where you're like oh my god do we not have those tickets to Legoland that we already paid for right right so this would be a way to just print them out and have them at the ready
1: right and to know where they are even if you do buy them months in advance yeah so I hope it works for people And now we're going to take a deep dive back into the Facts of Life book. And we talked about the Facts of Life book in episode 185. And this is the idea of pulling together all the kind of basic facts of your life, accounts, passwords, documents, deeds, um, to pull them together in case... Somebody needs to step into your shoes and take over the facts of your life.
0: Yeah. And Gretchen, we asked people, what are the things we've been missing? You know, what are the things we haven't mentioned that should go in the facts of life book? And we got so much response, so many great ideas Um, We wanted to do a deep dive into some of those things.
1: Well, there's two things to say, I think, before we start. First is many people emailed us because of a bitter experience. Um, Mm -hmm. And they emphasized over and over again, hey, a little organization up front can save a huge amount of time, energy, and stress. So please think about doing this. So that's important. But I also, and I don't know about you, Elizabeth, but as I was reading all these things, I worry that this is a case where You don't want people to feel like the perfect is going to be the enemy of the good. Mm -hmm. And you can have this fantasy in your mind of, like, it's going to be a binder, and it's going to be a fireproof safe, and it's going to be typed, and there's going to be labels, and I'm going to have this and this and this and this. And you get so overwhelmed. You're like, I can't do that. And so I'm just like, I'll start next week, and it never gets started. This is a case where... Anything is better than nothing. Mm
0: -hmm. Having
1: it be messy and casual is better than not doing it at all. If you need to start small, if you need to take time, if you need to, like, just get going and then as things occur to you, add them in. Like, try to at least get started with whatever you can and then build from there. Don't feel like if you can't do – because some people did an amazing, perfect job of this, which is so admirable – but don't feel like if you can't do that, it's not worth doing at all. Because many people were like, I had these few things and that was super helpful. I just wish I'd had more. Even a few things is helpful.
0: And Gretch, I think some people don't want to think about a Facts of Life book because it might seem morbid. Yeah. Because obviously a big time one might need this as if someone dies. Yeah. But it can be useful for many situations. I mean, you just may be out of commission for some unexpected reason And this could really help out you or whoever is trying to sort of cover your life while you're out of commission. Right. So it's really a good thing just to have... For many reasons.
1: Right, right. And I think if you're trying to encourage someone else to create a Facts of Life book and you feel like they aren't willing to think about those end-of-life issues, maybe just get the other stuff, the out-of-commission stuff. Obviously, Mm -hmm. if people are willing to think about the end-of-life stuff, that is wonderful and important to have as well. But again, there's still benefits to be gained even if you can't have every conversation or include all the information that you might conceivably include Because that's right. There's many, many circumstances where this could be useful. Yeah. Somebody's not willing to think about some. You could think about others.
0: Yeah. And Gretchen, many listeners wrote in to point out that this is a great thing in the case of natural disasters. If you live somewhere where you have a lot of natural disasters and you may have to evacuate your house. What a great resource. Yeah.
1: Now, another thing that many, many listeners emphasized was they urged us to tell people to put it in a fireproof safe. Mm. So this is a great thing if you have a fireproof safe. Um, Now, many people also said if you don't have a fireproof safe, you can put things in the freezer. And a Mm. freezer will often protect things. Now, and I went online to see if this is true because I'm like, is this true or is this like (laughs) urban legend? It is true, but especially if fires, if you're talking about a fire, fires tend to move upward. And so if you have a freezer that's like in a basement or in a garage, because a lot of times fires start in kitchens, that kind of freezer is even better because it's probably not right in the middle of things. So again, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Many people urged a fireproof safe and talked about how useful they'd been. If you don't have a fireproof safe, you could use the freezer.
0: And then Gretchen, another thing um, some listeners pointed out is that it's useful to think who in your life might turn to you in this kind of scenario yeah. and encourage that person to do a facts of life book. So if you have an aunt or uncle who doesn't have children of their own, they might count on you um, yeah. to be this person. Or if you have a cousin who's you know not married and doesn't have kids. I mean, there's a lot of different people who might say, oh, you know, who might have you designated as the person to deal with this.
1: Right. And if you needed to step in their shoes, you could encourage them to think about what they could pull together that would prepare you. I mean, and that is really the question, like, who knows where this information is? You just want to make sure yes. that if you have this information, the right people know where to find it.
0: So, Gretch, let's take through some of um, the specific items that we heard over and over should go in our Facts of Life books.
1: Well, one thing people mentioned is lots of people to think about in terms of contact information. So Mm. they are the professionals like the lawyer, the accountant, financial planner, doctor. Then friends and family. Like, uh, do you have important neighbors? Um, One listener said she realized she didn't have the contact information for her stepmother's relatives because the stepmother was Mm. always the one who communicated with them, so she needed to get that. Um, Especially if you have a wide circle, People who are stepping into your shoes might not be able to reach all the people that you're close to and that who you might want to have brought into the loop. And then there are also people who play important roles just in your daily life. Like there's somebody who works in your yard. If you live in a building in New York like me and you have a super, an electrician, a plumber contact information for all these different people.
0: Yeah. And then obviously you want to have health information, medications, blood type, which I think is super useful. I found out my blood type at one and I don't remember what it is. (laughs) I need to find out again. Any allergies, surgeries you've had, conditions, health history. Yeah. Like I should obviously have in my facts of life book that I'm type one diabetic and what year I was
1: diagnosed. Right. It's funny. I mean, back to this idea of the personal timeline, I would love to have a medical history because I keep not remembering important things that happened to people I'm related to from my own medical history. But then, like, Jamie was cured of hepatitis C, and I know that was on a January 9th because we celebrate that anniversary every year, but I'm like, what year was it, you know? Mm -hmm. So write that down. It's like, when did that happen? I will also link to a post about the day that we found out that he was cured, if anybody wants to read that. Um, But as vivid and important a milestone as it was, I didn't remember what year it was so it's important to have medical history.
0: And then of course, I think we've mentioned the super basic information like your birthday, birth year, birthplace, social security number, these are all questions that someone could be asked. Yeah. And then documents, keys, all the yes. different keys in your life, yeah. copies of those, combinations to various locks, um yeah. And, you know, in your home mortgage information, um, if you have a storage unit, where's your storage unit? How do you get into it? Yeah, And then one thing, Gretchen, that you and I don't need to worry about, but some of our listeners mentioned, was how to get into your gun locker.
1: Yeah. Are you the only person who knows how to do that? Like, make a note of that somewhere. And then, of course, there's all the legal documents. And just to run through them to prompt your memory if you're thinking that you need it birth certificates, passports, social security cards, marriage certificate, divorce decrees, adoption papers, military papers. We heard from a lot of military families, things like veterans discharge papers and like, you know, all that kind of paperwork that can end up being really important for somebody to have for you.
0: And then Gretch, you know, another thing I don't know that we mentioned, because again, people are bringing up so many things we didn't even think of. Yeah your monthly subscription or subscription boxes. So what gets charged automatically to your credit card? Do you receive automatic shipments? Do you get magazines or bacon of the month? (laughs) I mean, then there's your Netflix, your Hulu. You want to make sure um, that whoever is taking over can watch out for these recurring automatic payments. Yeah.
1: You don't want to be paying for gym membership for three years before you realize like, Oh my gosh, this is being taken out. Something. Somebody mentioned that I had not thought garage codes and alarm codes. Mm, Super important. You know, just write it down. And of course, all passwords. Yeah. Passwords for online accounts for banking, cable, phone, utilities, email accounts, all this stuff. Um, one thing that some people mentioned was social media accounts. This is kind of like a new problem that has emerged onto the scene, which is what happens with a social media account. And you can make sure that someone else has legacy access to your Facebook account. Mm. I will put a link to this in the show notes. And this is, if you assign a legacy contact, that person can post things on your timeline so they can respond to requests from friends and family members. They can update the material there, the photos. Um, And you can also set it up so the legacy contact can download an archive of uh, some of the material there if you want to. Mm. And then they can also delete it. If you want it to be deleted, they would have the ability to delete a Facebook account. So I'll put a link to that in the show notes.
0: And then, Gretchen, one of the most important passwords to include is the password to your phone. Because that way people can access your contacts, which is
1: huge. And your pictures because a lot of times somebody has like a treasure trove of photographs yes now some people mentioned um you know and this is if you're willing to think about this as like an end-of-life document so again if you're willing to do that of course there's like powers of attorney there's living will stuff all that stuff is very important that's kind of a separate issue do you want to have letters to loved ones do you want to write notes about what kind of funeral service that you would want? Notes for an obituary, if you want to like make a note of all the facts of your life or someone else's life. Um, now remember, speaking of funerals and memorial services, we do have our PDF for uh, readings if people are looking for readings for this. And again, mm. this is great, great, great information for someone to have. Some people don't want to deal with this, and that's like a whole separate issue. Uh, something to think about.
0: One thing someone pointed out that would be easy to do and very useful is to hang on to a few months' worth of bills and credit card statements which would show what bills need to be paid and probably has useful account information. Yeah. So that's an easy way just to put that in your Facts of Life book, and then someone can just look through it.
1: Right. And make sure, okay, have we thought about this? What about the electric bill or whatever? Um, Joni wrote about having an inventory. She wrote, I have a jewelry inventory on a spreadsheet with a description, where it came from, the cost, etc. We continue to expand the information to include any pieces of artwork, along with a picture of the piece and a receipt if we have... It. I've told the girls if there's a picture of it, do not sell it for a quarter at a garage sale. (laughs) They may not have the same taste as we do, but the girls need to have some idea of value. So if you have something where somebody needs to know what an inventory of it is or has benefited from knowing sort of like background information about it, that would be a super useful thing to have.
0: Yeah. And finally, Gretch, the challenge to this, of course, like all things, is once you've done it, you have to keep it updated (laughs) with your current information. If you have your car lease from, you know the year 2000 and it's now 2018 this is not yeah. going to help
1: or if you have a new a new medical prescription yeah it's like if you go on it you go off it like that stuff has to be kept updated yeah so i think it can be useful like maybe you do it every day and reverse. maybe you do it mm. you know every anniversary or like with mom and dad every summer eliza eleanor and i go and i could make a point of every august when we're visiting saying hey let's take a look let's see mm, what should yeah. we add what needs to change um Another thing I'm going to do, there's a really helpful link that I found that is like a list called getting your affairs in order. I will post a link to that if somebody wants to have like a full list that goes through all these things, just to have a checklist to kind of prompt ideas and to see it all gathered in a, like a neat document. So I'll post a link to that in the show notes.
0: Coming up, I've got an update on my treadmill desk demerit. But first is
1: break.
0: not just a house. This is everything you need to know all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework.
1: Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at
0: the slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at the slash happier.
1: Now, listen. It's time for demerits and gold stars, and this week you are up for the demerit.
0: Yes, Gretch. I have an ongoing demerit saga. <laughs> um, so I have my wonderful treadmill desk, which oh. you gave me for a birthday present, best present ever.
1: Yes. And
0: since you gave it to me, I've been on it a lot, used it a lot at work. Yeah. But I gave myself a demerit recently for not being on the treadmill desk at all at our new job on the fix. Yeah, And so I said I was going to work on it. And I think then I identified the problem or one of the problems was that we had our treadmills facing the wrong way for how sort of our office was actually working once we've been in there. Yeah. So the update is we did have the treadmills moved. So they're now Ah. facing a much better direction. Okay. (laughs) Um, But the problem is since then I've only done one mile. So that was like... (laughs) I think it's been maybe two weeks and, or maybe 10 days, and I've only done a mile. So I'm still not um, doing it. Now, Marsha Clark, who we work with, yeah. she's been hopping on there a lot since we changed oh. direction, So I know it okay. does help. But I'm not following through.
1: Okay. Now, the other thing, and so many listeners emailed in to make this suggestion, was that you should get slip-on sneakers that you were dedicated to the treadmill, that stayed with the treadmill, that would make it very easy for you, even if you were dressed nicely for work, to have the right kind of shoes right there. So, okay, so they've moved position What is the progress report on the shoe situation?
0: I've ordered the shoes. They're New Balance. (laughs) They're the same ones mom has in a different color because she has slip-on sneakers. Um, They haven't arrived yet. So we'll see if that helps. And the idea is that (laughs) the slip-on are easier than having to put on like lace-up sneakers because I have dedicated sneakers (laughs) sitting next to the treadmill. But it's just like a hassle to put them on. So I'm hoping this will help.
1: Well, this, this reminds me, in the Better Than Before, my book about habit formation, like, there's all this research showing that every little teeny bit of convenience or inconvenience mm-hmm. actually has dramatic effect. And so it sounds ridiculous, like, lace-up shoes, slip-on shoes, what difference yeah. does it make? It will be really interesting to see, now that they're oriented properly, mm-hmm. now that you have the slip-on shoes, does it do it? But I kind of suspect, isn't a lot of this that you're just exhausted? Like, maybe you're just... So, kind of at your limit that it's hard to get on the treadmill. What do you think? Is yeah, that, what's, I mean, I am really exhausted. stopping you. Yep.
0: I am exhausted, but we all know that exercising gives you more energy. So, yes. My mind is like, oh, I just want to sit in the chair. But I know intellectually that if I get on the treadmill, I will feel better and more energetic. So I have yeah. to override that in my mind. And Sarah and I did tell Mary, our assistant, we're like, just come in our office throughout the day when we're in here and just say, oh, did you want to get on the treadmill? Ugh. It's hard to do, though, honestly, like she did it a couple times. But I think, it, you know, it's hard to just constantly be piping in. Do you want to get on the treadmill? Um, but I've got it. Tell her to like maybe do it at least three times a day or something.
1: Or maybe there's like a sign she holds up or like a fan that is like, or I don't know. But I think it's a great idea because I think sometimes you just don't think of it. And then yes. if somebody says, what about it? You would do it. And then yes. as you got into the habit of it, it would start to seem more natural again. Yes. So,
0: so we'll see if I can get more than a mile um, in two months. That's okay. If I can raise my steps.
1: Well, you've done it in the past. So yes. I'm hopeful for the ongoing saga. Yes.
0: All right, Gretch, what is your gold star this week?
1: Okay, I'm going to give a gold star to somebody who doesn't need a gold star, but she deserves a gold star, so she gets a gold star, and that is J.K. Rowling. Mm. Ellen and I went to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and just by weird coincidence, it turns out that the day that we left to go was the 20th anniversary of the day that the first book, uh, Sorcerer's Stone was published in the United States. So it was actually a very significant anniversary. And we went there and I was looking around, you know, at like fake Hogsmeade and, you know, mm-hmm. the Diagon Alley with Weasley's whizzing wheezes. And and I was like, it is astonishing to me that one person's imagination could be so fruitful mm. and could generate so much delight and so much creativity and go in so many different directions and just feel limitless I really, truly think that it is astonishing and just gold started J.K. Rowling for everything that she, that world, that universe that she created. It's just, it's, there's nothing like it.
0: It's amazing.
1: And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Create a personal timeline. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you.
0: Thank you to our producer, Cameron Drews. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Kristen Meinzer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com.
1: And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend. That helps us so much. It really does. And subscribe to us however you listen to your podcast. The resources for this week, I want to remind you again of where to get my new Four Tendencies video course. Um, That's courses.gretchenrubin.com. You can find out a lot about the Four Tendencies video course and how you can learn more about the Four Tendencies. People seem to love it. That's really fun. So check that out. And the other resource is the workshop. This is the Four Tendencies workshop. If you want to teach a workshop about the four tendencies, if you know a group of people who you think would benefit from understanding the four tendencies better, that's at workshop.gretchenrubin.com. And again, I will put these links in the show notes so you can find more information there.
0: Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft.
1: And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.
0: just take a bite of something ah ah.
1: you're feeling you crashing yeah
0: said mary bring me a bar mmm